The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered In My Skin, the podcast. We feature guests of varying backgrounds and lived experiences to share their empowering stories, knowledge, and insights. Our goal is for you, the listener, to fill your mind with empowered thoughts to further empower your human. I'm your host, Nkichin Waffer Robinson, and founder and CEO of EIMS. I'm an experienced technology executive, an author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro athlete, an inspirational speaker and viral sensation with speeches that have over 7 million views worldwide, and most recently awarded WXN Most Powerful Women in Canada. I trust that you are already feeling empowered. So please listen, leave a review, share the podcast, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Yes! <laughs> that sounds like a different yes, yes. Welcome <laughs> to the next episode of Empowered My Skin, the podcast. My next guest has had a fitness career since 1999, spanning three decades and three countries. He brings a wealth of knowledge from many years as a coach, personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and many leadership roles. He's worked alongside some of the biggest names in the industry, presented at multiple conventions and workshops while coaching over 15,000 hours on the floor. He is definitely an expert. So utilizing all these skills, he and his wife, Nikki, founded and operated The Knock Academy, an online fitness platform. He's also a co-founder and host of the We As podcast, where conversations are changing the world. You know, you know, I'm going to love people who change the world. So proud to say I've actually also been invited as a guest. So check out that amazing episode. Just saying. And now, listeners, this is the time where you put your ears together and hands together for my next guest and phenomenal human, Gareth Knock. <laughs> well, what a intro. Uh, I feel like I feel like now I'm, I've got a lot of high standards here. To no, pick after that intro. Come on. I did them because you are high standard. I only bring high standard people, like high, high standard people on this call. So, Gareth, you know, as um, as you start to talk about who you are, but I have to ask you first, what was your most empowering thought of the day? Oh, empowering thought of the day. Well, it was it was kind of an empowering thought but also an empowering action, which I think was even more important for me. So I actually had a couple of days of, well, I've had, because it includes today, two or three days of really poor sleep. Um, a lot of my mind, anxious, but not really, didn't really know what I was anxious about. So and I'm sure that will resonate with a lot of people. And I just realized today I was up early and instead of fighting it, I just sat down and took action on a load of things I needed to do. Oh. I, I wasn't sure what was making me anxious, but I was like, if I tick off four or five things that I need to get done today mm. and deal with a few things that have been hanging around, mm. it's like month end. There's a lot of, you know, as I'm sure a lot of people can really, you know, imagine, in, you know, in business or your own business, there's a lot to do. So I just took action and did a few things. And I realized this afternoon that that's made a massive difference in how I feel in my body. Mm. Um, so that was definitely an empowering thought this morning at like 4 30 mm. when i couldn't sleep and then it just continued to be empowering through the actions i took i love that and i actually i actually know what that feels like and so sometimes i do exactly that and and i think anxiety anxiety is obviously is thinking about something that is not in your now right and essentially what you did is you got present and you did the things that you could actually do which i bet you and my question would be did you realize at what point the anxiety actually started to dissipate or suddenly it wasn't just, there? Just, I kind of, I think I was just so busy and getting stuff done. And then when I kind of sat in it, I was like, Oh, it feels pretty good. And, and I have a very, and I think this is always a really powerful thing for people to hear. I have a very visceral reaction in my digestive system when I'm anxious mm. and it's, it's very, like, it's very, very real very um overpowering to just feel kind of almost feel hungry all the time but then when you eat you feel nauseous mm. very strange and very particular and, I, and i'm obviously convinced that you know when when that happens and i tell myself i'm not anxious i'm convinced i'm dying 
Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> that's obviously not true. Well, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's it's very. Yeah. And then I just kind of realized I sat and had lunch and I was like, actually, it feels pretty good. Like, neither do I feel hungry nor do I feel nauseous. Right. So, so that was, was a, a, a quite yeah. a. Yeah, a settling yeah. moment. And it's funny because one of the things, worry is a form of anxiousness. And I always say the best way out of worry is to step into certainty. And sometimes what I do is like if I'm feeling any type of anxiety is because I, there's something that's trouble. That, and sometimes you don't even know. You're just like, why do I have this feeling? Anxiety? There's something in your subconscious that's honestly thinking about something that is not real yet. It's out in the future or whatever. And so when I say step into certainty, I literally say, what's my name? Okay, it's in Kichi. When was I born? September 19th. Because once you start to step into certainty, the things that you know about, you can you can quiet the anxiety. Just just a little bit of a something. So clearly, listeners, he is not from Canada. Like that accent is so cool. <laughs> not that we don't have cool accidents in ca- accents in Canada, but yeah, he's not. So they're wondering. Where did you find this guy? Like, who is this guy? So I know that's a big loaded question, but would love to you to share a bit about your background and yeah, how did you land in Canada? <laughs> well, uh, background in you know we'll we'll kind of take the short version. Obviously, you heard about my fitness career, and that's been a massive part in the in the kind of journey. And I, you know, I grew up till I was 25 in England, just kind of south of south of London, southeast of London, and kind of grew up around there, moved around a lot as a kid. So always had that that kind of new adventure, if you like. So I'd gone, you know, to, to many different schools and we'd moved house a lot. My dad was into buying property in the in the 90s and, you know, there was a lot of money to be made then. So, yeah, we, um, we moved around a fair bit and kind of stayed kind of close to that area but still shifted about a lot and, and then really fell into my fitness career at 17 and really I've done nothing else since other than my fitness career and it's taken me all over the place. Um, yeah, as I, as I kind of looked to leave Canada, uh, sorry, to leave England the first time and, and move to Canada, I had some family here, uh, that are still here. So we visited a fair bit. I knew the country. And then when I met my now wife, I think the first time we went on a, on a date, it was one of the first things we spoke about was how we wanted to leave and go and explore and find somewhere new and different and just kind of, you know, brought, and what I didn't realize at the time, but looking back in reflection is I, I had an urge to widen the lens in which I saw the world Mm, through mm. and I couldn't articulate that Mm, then, mm -hmm. you know, at 25 years old, but I'm able to now. And that's kind of what I I wanted to do. So yeah, come, come visit. And then, you know, saw my family, Nikki met everyone. She saw Canada, found a great community and some belonging within fitness here. And, uh, and then moving on to a company that I then worked for for the next, you know, worked for for like eight years. So yeah, found some really good connections and then we decided to move, you know, six months after that pretty much and, uh, and then come here. And then that took me on a big journey and took me back to England. And then a short version of that is that was a whole struggle to get permanent residency in Canada. So we went traveling and we never really took a honeymoon because we were deep into living here and, you know, the first time around. So we went on a three month honeymoon around all over the place. Wow. Ended up in New Zealand, stayed there, worked, had a really great opportunity to work with um, Les Mills, who are one of the biggest group fitness mm-hmm. companies in the world. Um, and that was a you know a massive acceleration in my career. And then, yeah, that kind of went full circle back around to Canada. And here we are nearly 10 years in April. Wow. And is your, is your accent as strong now as it was when you first came here? I, did, I don't think people had any idea what I was saying when I first met <laughs> They were like, they were like, I really enjoyed your class today. Um, your energy was great. I don't really know what you were saying, but <laughs> it, felt, it felt empowering and energetic and motivational. I'm like, oh, that's great. So you learn a lot about communication, and and I think that's actually one of the reasons why my accents changed quite a lot. Because if you know, you, I speak to my parents, or I go, you know, I go back home and I speak to my friends, they're like, you sound completely different. Wow. But you, yeah, and it still sounds quite thick. I think to a lot of people yes, here, but you have to really have to mold it to to be able to communicate as effectively as you want to 
and to be able to, you know, and sometimes you don't have a lot of time, especially when you're teaching something like a class or you're trying to convey a message in a presentation, you really have to be succinct with that. And, and the words you use and the pace you speak at are very important. And I've had to learn that a lot over the last 10 years. Wow, that's a, that's a skill in itself. Well, you're doing a great mm-hmm. job. And considering that you're a podcast host, um, too, um, you, you, you've really mastered that. So you, I, I mean, such a, such a blessing to have met you. Um, for the listeners, we met on a panel experience with uh, Can't Fit Pro earlier this year. And as you know, fellow podcasters, we agreed to swap podcasts. And so, um, you know, full transparency, because I just I realized I have to say something. This is not <laughs> this was not our original interview. We interviewed way back because I got him right away. And uh, but your girl messed up the recording. <laughs> So like a month later, I'm like, ah, can I interview you again? (laughs) And he so graciously said yes. So, so this will be a completely different interview because we have absolutely no idea what we spoke about back then. But I do know I asked you this question. You are, because and I loved your answer and, but I'm going to ask it a little bit differently this time. So you are such a go-getter and, um, and I think about how the pandemic slowed down a lot of people. And so, you know, as, and I think reflection is the gateway to perspective. And so, you know, as we think about, you know, today, December 2nd, 2020, uh, 2021, looking back at Gareth pre-pandemic to Gareth now, like what is the biggest change that you feel you've, or biggest evolution of Gareth that you know you're not throwing away? Oh, that's a big one. It's a big one. Um, okay. So I'm going to go with the first thing that jumped in my mind. There's a few, and I definitely know, and it's funny how you'll see how this all ties together and how ironic it is. There's a couple that have come to my mind from when you first posed the question to now, and I know that's only like 30 seconds ago, but there's a few things that have come to mind, and those things are rooted in my ego. So I'm going to give you the first thing that came in my head, which was... I managed to move away from the decisions that were driven by my ego. And that's my biggest development in the last two years. Mm-hmm. I want to know oh, more though. Yeah. So like yeah. what would be a decision that was driven by ego to, to versus what, how you would tackle it now? A moving toward. So on a, I was on a, I was on a mission to move myself forward in my career via title and accolade. Mm. Mm. But it was, but what I realized is, is it drove me away from why Mm. my why and the decisions I've made in the last 12 months have driven me so hard and so fast towards my why Mm. and only now i look back and go oh i don't really think i ever wanted that but it it gave me it did give me a lot but it didn't give me the most important thing that is big and you know oh my god i love i absolutely (laughs) love that because i I, anyway i was just talking with somebody the other day and it was really just around um our, our relationship with titles. And so, you know, sorry, just a quick one, because I really want to ask you what, what this and that, what I'm, so what I'm going to share, what you take from that, you know? So there's a, there's a, Simon Sinek talks about, um, um, I can't remember what it's called, something about the styrofoam cup, but essentially, have you heard of it? Oh, vaguely, yeah. yes. So it's oh, all you ever have, or all you ever, all you ever deserve is a styrofoam cup. That's what it was, and so it talks about this man who I guess had a really high position and was invited to speak at this you know convention or whatever, and he he was you know his flight was paid for you know he had the red carpet treatment he was he was taken to the hotel he was checked into his room he was escorted to his hotel room the next morning he was picked up he was driven to the front he, w- he walked the red carpet he was directed to the green room and he was served coffee in a tea cup like a china cup 
And a couple of years later, when he was out of that role, he was invited to come back to speak. He had to book his own flight. He had to find his own, he had to, you know, find his own hotel. He had to find his own way to the hotel. He had to find his own way to the venue. He had to find his, oh, he had to walk through the front. He had to go around to find the green room. And when he was there, he asked somebody who was there, you know, where do you have coffee? And they pointed him in the direction of the kitchen. And he went there and he poured himself a coffee in a styrofoam cup. And he always said, and, you know, in the end of the day, he always deserved the styrofoam. It was his title that afforded him the teacup, you know? And it's so when you say that, like, and the stripping of title, like, when you do that, it it, it, it had it actually a little bit of a visceral, but it's, like, it's such a releasing feeling for me. Like, that's what I felt when you said that. And so, you know, when you hear that story and you hear how you are evolving and moving more towards your why, how has it felt to do away with titles? And, and, and how then do you achieve and aspire more to more without thinking about titles? How's that work? I think freeing is, is, is a great word. Um, and I, I don't know that I would have chose that, but I love that word that you used. It, it just kind of feels freeing. Like it feels like, it kind of feels like the, and this is, this sounds, it sounds disrespectful, but it's not meant to be. It sounds, it feels like the hooks are out. Mm. And I can't think of a better description for that. And I don't mean that there was anything malice in that, but there's a hook within a, that search for a title. So it's not the organization necessarily hooking you into anything or holding you in that position, but it, it can feel like that. Yeah. So for me being free of that and being kind of unhooked to explore many things Ooh. and I've just reconnected with so many things that I I kind of got a, a, to kind of very slightly dabble in mm-hmm. within a role, but because it was so driven towards as it should be mm-hmm. with a big, big organization is it's money and it's profit and it's success and it's all those things. And yes, I need those in my own business. However, I can do what I want all day. And if I want to spend more time in something creative because it fills my cup, mm. I just decide to because I can do what I want. I love it. And so and, so how does Gareth yeah. describe himself now without a title? Like how would you describe yourself? I mean, I live in my basement for the most part. I mean, my, the studio's down here. My office is down here. Uh, I don't really <laughs> describe myself to anybody. Um, <laughs> so I don't go out. Uh, I guess I'm a... I guess I'm an entrepreneur that is that is driven towards my true why. Mm. That would be how I describe myself, I guess. And what's your why? My why is to be the best dad and husband I can possibly oh, be, man. and and be here for my be here for my family. Oh, isn't that beautiful? And so, how does that? So that that's great because our listeners listening, they're like, okay, great. But how does that now? How does that now tie to your work? Does it mean that? It, it influences how you make decisions. It influences what kind of decisions you make. Like, so how does that, how does that now tie into your work? Yeah, for sure. And and that wouldn't necessarily, isn't necessarily obvious to a lot of people. So I love that question because, you know, I run a online fitness platform. So, you know, how does that make me a better dad? So a couple of things, number one, it helped me find a niche. So, you know, we, we, we run an, we run an academy. It's group based, group-based personal training, basically with, with, you know, kind of group fitness and also a fitness education and a few other components to it. But our predominant market as we currently stand right now is that we help busy parents move more and feel great Mm. because I know what that is. Sometimes that's what we need and we need help with that as a busy parent because it's really, really tough. Mm. So we used it as our, as our marketing tag and you know it helps that obviously we're a couple so we appeal to mums and dads and you know and across many different spectrums and that's really beneficial so that's one reason where it's kind of helped me make business decisions and help me kind of niche down a little bit mm-hmm. which is gonna which is slowly helping us be more and more successful so busy so parents move more and feel great yeah. so to every busy parent that is listening yes. to this podcast he is essentially saying see him because you will no longer make excuses. That's it. Absolutely. There is none and it's convenient and it's, and I just made a post about it today. I made a reel of, uh, of so we have a little, uh, a little four-year-old um, with a wild personality. So I, I put an Instagram reel up with her dancing in the basement over like the aerobic step with all the equipment out and the dog's lying there and it's a complete, absolute chaos, complete shit show. <laughs> and I'm like, 
are you worried because this is what your workout space is and you're worried about working out online because this is what it looks like? I'm like, this is what all our clients <laughs> works look like. It's just, that's what it's like. It's a mess because everything's going on and there's toddlers and dogs and cats and people walking in the background and, you know, noise and the doorbell ringing and everything. So, yeah, it really appeals to, to that market. So, yes, if that's you, that is essentially, you know, what, what we do in, in a nutshell. So it, it's helped me with the business decisions a lot from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. I love that. And uh, so you have a four-year-old daughter and I want to know yeah. what's the biggest lesson you've learned from her? Wow. Um, the biggest lesson I've learned from her is you have to learn to be an influence in the people, the environments and the situations you're in without controlling them. I love that. And people, yeah. And people as well in that category. So environment situations, et cetera. But that's what she's taught me is that when you, when you try and control her, a four-year-old, um, you, you don't get anywhere fast. And when you try and control situations, and we spoke about anxiety already and when that happens, but when you can learn how to influence and control the things you can control, you generally have a much more positive impact over people's situations and environments. And I think, I mean, she's taught me many things. And I love a quote that actually uh, Brian um, came on, who's uh, on, he hosts the Two Fits, Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone podcast. He came on my show and we chatted and, and he kind of shared a quote where he said, um, one of his favorite quotes, which is, you know, we teach, we teach our kids everything we know and then they teach us everything else. Yes. So there's a, a laundry list of things, but that's definitely yeah. something that sticks in my mind. And from a, from a recovering over controller, it's uh, probably been the most impactful thing. And I think that that's a really big thing. And I, and you know what I took from that? Like the first thought, a number of thoughts came up, but I think, I think it enables you. And what I felt from that is to really meet people where they're at and, and let them be. I think people, um, I think when you can use your gift to open up the gift in others, you know, um, that's not control. That's influence. Right. I love it. Your daughter is very wise. I have to get her on the podcast. You have to let me know when that's possible. So fitness industry, I know, you know, just being in the fitness industry myself, typically there's a story behind that. So, and I know yours is very inspiring. And, um, and actually what I want to say is, um, what everyone wouldn't know because you're listening to this audio, but you probably maybe could tell from the accent. So Garrett, Garrett is not black. <laughs> He's white <laughs> and I'm black. And I know one of the things I said to you when we first met and we start to share our stories with each other is this is, it's a perfect proof point that we don't need to look alike to, to, to find similarities in our stories. And I think it's a, it's, it's where the magic happens is when, is that inner is that inner experience right that where we connect you know and so you know talk to me and the guests about and our listeners sorry about how you got into the fitness industry and you know really what was the prevailing reason you'll probably have to you know share a little bit about your background around that mm, for sure so as i mentioned i grew up in england it was a i have a very interesting relationship with my childhood in the, and this is probably a this is probably a conversation for a therapist, but it, it was. Um, but we'll, we'll see how we get on. There's I'll not a the lot, of huge amount, yeah, that I'm connected to, and I don't have a lot of. I do have some fond memories. I don't really have many negative memories. I don't really have a lot of memories from my childhood, and I don't know if that's a. Uh, I don't know if that's like a neurological thing, or I just need, like I said, therapy or more more therapy on top of what I've had, um, but. It's, yeah, I don't have a lot of that from young childhood. However, as I kind of got through into kind of like my, I guess, kind of like 10 upwards, uh, you know, kind of got towards like secondary school in England or high school here. We do secondary school from like 11 to 16 in England. And when I got there, I had some really big struggles with my weight. And, and, you know, and and no one will be surprised to hear that self-esteem and my ability to, you know, be empowered in my skin, want for a bad term, but to be able to accept me and be me, it was a real challenge for me as a teenager. And I went through this big challenge. And I think a lot of the, the lack of connection to those memories probably comes because I shut a lot mm. of that stuff out mm. from that age, meaning I probably shut a lot of everything out. Mm. And, and I had to do that a lot in my life, even up until like 25, I spoke about moving around the world. And, you know, a lot of that I think was con- 
disconnecting and you'll hear a little bit about this story which will be come full circle in a minute but disconnecting from a lot of that stuff in my past however I went through that challenge kind of you know 12 13 14 I gained a lot of weight we didn't have um, you know I grew up in I was born in 81 so we grew up with microwaves and everything in a box and you know it was frozen food grocery stores were a big thing in like the late 80s in england and you know you literally went in the store the first part of the store was like chest freezers and then the rest of the store was frozen foods you literally (laughs) bought the fridge the freezer and then you bought frozen food for it like like that was the thing can you believe that um so yeah we i I grew up in that and didn't have a lot of rules around food and i had a very sweet tooth Mm. um and i think it's just a you know it's a perpetual cycle of eating badly, gaining weight, being unhappy, doing more of that. And that really was, you know, my, my kind of adolescent years, I went through obviously growing up and, you know, it's, you know, you get to 11, 12, 13, you start to, you know, start to pay attention to girls and they don't pay attention to you. And you tell yourself a story that that's because you're 40 pounds Mm -hmm. overweight. However, it was probably part of it at that age and um, but there's probably a lot of other factors right like i said there was no confidence there was no self-esteem there was nothing that would attract anybody mm. and in my opinion and um yeah so and now he's you know, very I went through attractive. that and just say <laughs> thank you way to go nikki <laughs> so <laughs> i'll make sure she listens to it. Um, you did what, she'll have a good got laugh. one girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> So yeah, it was uh, it was a definitely a uh, an interesting journey through that. At sixteen, I I enrolled in college, so we do like a second two years here rather than like high school going to eighteen like it does in Canada. You have an optional two years where you continue on in like sixth form college. I enrolled in that something I didn't want to do, didn't love it, and it wasn't helping me. And I think this was the first subconscious decision to take action on something because, to be honest, I was sitting around high most of the time eating junk food not studying and then they kind of said you either need to come to the lessons or leave so i was like probably gonna leave and that basically i went and got a job i got a job in a sportswear store i was on my feet 12 hours a day i had one break uh probably illegal now to do that but uh, you know i had to eat my lunch and that was it i didn't have time to sit around and then i was on my feet all day and suddenly i'm doing 10 15 000 steps i'm eating you know one meal in the middle of the day and i'm losing weight and it kind of spiraled from that and that was a bit of a change in my mentality and then i really fell into fitness i got a job as a lifeguard in a hotel because it was near the house I was living in and I'd had enough of standing on my feet 12 hours a day in a shop. And yeah, I just got a job as a lifeguard because they were going to train me and, you know, away I went. And here we are 20, 21, 22 years later or whatever it is um, in something that I just fell into, killing to be quite it. honest. Killing and, it. Yeah, <laughs> still here. So that was kind of it. That's how I got into it. And it was very, very circumstantial, very situational and, you know, like I said, I probably, you know, in my opinion, at that point in time, I was 17 and I quite honestly had no, no place getting my fat ass in the swimming pool mm-hmm. in a pair of trunks and, and, and saving someone's life. Mm-hmm. However, I guess I had a unwavering confidence for some reason at that point in my life mm-hmm. and just decided to take a big risk. And I'm glad I did because here we are. I'm really glad. And so I'm going to put you on the couch a bit. You know, at what point did you shed the the fat Garrett and and uh, and really yeah, step um, into some confidence intentionally um, like knowingly knowingly jeez I don't know I mean I'd like to say I shedded that weight fairly quickly I didn't shed that version of myself mm-hmm. and I don't truly believe I have completely and so what elements it's still a, live and do you, or permeate and you still see from time to time yeah i mean lack of confidence definitely a distorted view of what my body looks like um there's still a lot of self-doubt mm-hmm. around many things especially believe it or not up in front of lots of people although i've presented to thousands of people on a stage so i don't quite know how that works but <laughs> um there's still a little bit so i think the thought of it is probably a bit more 
gets me a bit more deep rooted mm-hmm. than actually doing it because I think once you're in something that you're passionate about, I think all the fears disappear. But um, there was a lot. There's a lot of that, and it's funny that a really good friend of mine who um, was part of the kind of inaugural part of the first podcast that I hosted, we as. Um, I went on his show when it was a podcast and it eventually became the podcast it is anyway, long story, but you know, we, we had a joke that, you know, the whole thing is young fat Gareth and he always jokes that that's like his nickname for the prior version, you know, playfully. And he's like, he's still in there. And I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, there is a, there is a better way to put it, but a fat kid inside me still. And this, that's a daily, a daily battle that, you're working, that to keep yourself you, on the right are you working track on it? and move away from are you that. working on it? Yeah. So I have a question for you. You know, I put you in front of stage thousands of people and, and you're telling the story and you're saying that there's still, you know, I, I have a, a you know, challenge. I can't remember the words that you just used, but like body dysmorphia almost, right? Like you, yep. and they're looking at you and the whole room would love to look like you. And then somebody says, well, what do you need to tell yourself? Yeah. What do you need to tell yourself? I'm not trying to therapy, but I'm, I'm, ladies, you need to see this guy. <laughs> just, just say, what do I need to, that's the only reason I interviewed him again. I'm, yeah. I was really lying about the audio. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki. Like, get back on, but for video only. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now you don't even know what's true. Anyway. No, I don't. I don't. I'm just going to I'm, I'm, I'm in now, though. So what can we do, really? Because yeah. um, that's, that's for a lot of people. That's a, that's a big message for a lot of people. We look at ourselves and we tell ourselves something that the world isn't seeing, you know? Yeah, I, I think I don't know that I have an answer. However, what I do know is the way in which I can overcome it mm-hmm. So this is a bit of a not, this is an indirect mm-hmm. answer, but is to know that there's many people there to be influenced mm. positive. Like we mentioned earlier, when you influence somebody and, you know, you can really do that, you can help them, you know, kind of writes them a permission slip to do the same thing. So whether that's a, you know, a participant, so to speak, so if I'm presenting at a fitness convention, there's lots of people there, or there's lots of other professionals, either way, there's many people to influence and hopefully they'll, they'll learn something and get something and they'll be able to grow and it will give them permission to maybe get up on that stage when they don't have the best self-confidence or whatever it is, or just go out in their class and teach a better class the next week or whatever it might be. When I can remind myself of how impactful it can be and that I wouldn't be up there and those people wouldn't be there if I wasn't able to influence them. Mm, I love that. So if I remind myself of that, that helps me overcome that. And it, and I, and I have to continue to tell myself that, and I believe this to be true. It doesn't entirely matter what I look like. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to lie and say the industry isn't a little bit about that. And I truly believe that as a fitness professional, you know, if you're a little stronger or you got a little more muscle <laughs> than the average person or a little less body fat than the average person, it does yeah. make your life yeah. easier, yeah. right? And it does, you know, and it, and it does help you to to be a really great professional. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you need to be the person in the best shape? No. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it comes in all shapes and sizes? Yes. But there's a bit of that that is still true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it is part of it, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more to it. And that, so I don't know what I need to tell myself, mm-hmm. but that's, what I tell myself, so, if that makes sense. I've had that issue just being a bodybuilder and coming <laughs> off stage, you know, having, I remember my first competition, I lost, I, pro- I lost almost uh, 35 to 40 pounds to compete in my first Jeez. show. And I had like Olympic yeah. standard um, body um, percentage. And, and my issue was that I gained 25 pounds really, really quickly because of a stupid you know, decision to eat Chinese food like a day after being dehydrated for 36 hours. And then it was just a constant battle of trying to look like that stage, you know, in everyday life. And it's just not really possible. Anyway, 10 years of that, you know, and that's, that will play on your psyche and your, your emotions and just your mental health. And my, my, how I continue to work through it is, am I doing all the things every single day to be a healthy human? Yeah. And if I am, you know, then I am, then I am looking the way I am treating myself. That's just the truth of it, you know? And if I 
feel I can look better, then it's not about trying to look better. It's about how do I, how do I put more self-care? You know, how do I take care of myself a little bit better? How am I, how do I, you know, be more mindful as to, you know, the food I'm feeding and nurturing this, this shell that's carrying my spirit, you know? And, uh, and so it puts, it puts a little bit of accountability and responsibility on me, um, to see how well I could take care of me, you know? Yeah, I love that. And I think it's important that we realize, you know, how we show up and when we're in such a position of responsibility, you know, I have multiple people that, you know, are in our platform and that show up every day. Mm -hmm. I have a responsibility to show up as the best version of myself. And sometimes that means not worrying about what I look Mm -hmm. like. And, you know, but, you know, even today, I mentioned today about the anxiety thing earlier on and taking action. Actually, one of the things I did was just give myself a little pep talk before 9.15 this morning because I had to go on and coach and said, you know, it's it's not about you for the next 45 minutes. Mm. So leave all that shit to one side and get out there and do a great job and coach really, really well. And and I even shared it with him afterwards. I said, to be quite honest, I was having a pretty crappy day and now I feel amazing. So I appreciate all of those people turning up to do that. And I just made it not about me. And and I'll go back and say why I explained that because I didn't sleep very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel recovered from my workout. So I didn't train this morning. Um, and I normally train at 5am. I didn't train the last two days at 5am because I just, I couldn't sleep. I got like five hours sleep and I was like, this is pointless. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do it. And I just totally upped like my food intake. Mm-hmm. Like I added in like a thousand calories a day, which sounds like a lot, but you know, and, and I didn't really pay much. Okay, yeah, my normal things I eat, but I just increased everything. I increased the volume. I had it in. I actually just had pizza for dinner. And it was delicious. <laughs> but I had two days of just loading up and up and up and up with everything, like all macronutrients and everything else, because I'm like, I'm tired. I'm not sleeping and I'm not recovering. So yeah, clearly training is not a good idea. Clearly I need to probably not sit on like my maintenance calories, but probably need to go a little bit over and force some extra recovery in my body. And yeah, I feel a lot better after my pizza and, and all the other things. <laughs> but, so. but it also helps to have the understanding, the knowledge and the science to know that that is, that is how, what your body needs right now. And, and, and yep. the way anyone can get that, it just actually just takes starting to get to know your body a little bit better. Yeah. And ask for help. And ask for help. Like from Garrett from the Knock yeah. Academy. So, um, <laughs> So we've, you know, you've talked to us about how to get out of anxiety. You've talked to us about, you know, um, how to, you know, how you got through your, 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 your journey from being overweight and stepped into this world of fitness. You've talked to us about, you know, what you're finding your why and walking away from titles and really focusing on the why and, and how that helps you make better decisions, you know, and informs that path. And what I, and I mean, these are all great lessons for the world. And now I'm going to ask you, as you know, before I take you into my rapid thrivers, to finish this sentence. After all of that you told us, I still want more. So in Gareth's, you know, perspective, what the world needs now is. A wider lens in which to absorb as much as you possibly can, Mm. which in turn, you know, starts to alter, you know, the overall view of the world. I think that just encompasses so many things. We do. And we could talk about that for hours, but, you know, think about all the parts of life where we could get a bit more perspective and a bit more view. And I'm actually, that's driven a lot by my background, but also uh, I'm reading a really good book right now, which is summarizing a lot of this called Scout Mindset. Mm. And it's all about searching and seeking objective truth scout like scouting okay yeah Yeah. scout yeah and um yeah and it talks a lot about the opposite of that which is referred to as soldier mindset Mm -hmm. in the um in the book and how we will we will dig and search to confirm our bias and our opinion and what we believe and this is why so many things are unjust in the world and so many different you know different things out there that people believe without any question of a doubt even though there is a doubt, you know, exist. Um, and it's a lot to do with this. So anyway, it's a really good book and it's made me come back that to that. Like a, sounds like a really good book. Yeah. So is it more, is it, is it, is it almost what we're, what we're seeing is, you know, the need to be right. And therefore we're on this quest to find and prove why we're right versus, you know, on a quest to find out what we need to know more of. 
and understand yeah. more. Yeah. And I think it, you know, I think, you know, thinking of the world we live in, right? Like we're, we're, we're a couple of years into a pandemic and we've got this virus that no one knows mm-hmm. about. And then you've got people are trying to learn. And then there's one, this, this side of the argument and that side mm-hmm. of the argument. And then you take vaccines into that, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And this is just an example of how we can, you can confirm what you believe with science mm-hmm. by just looking for it. Right. But you can do that on both sides. It's somebody right. that right. truly believes, right. right. You know, that, that they, they want to believe that this virus is a hoax and that this is that, that, or this is real. And you know, whatever you believe and believe what you want to believe, but whatever you believe, you can convince yourself that that's the absolute yes. truth. And you can say, but I researched it. And I'm like, yeah, but you researched it through the that soldier yeah. mindset, <laughs> not the scout mindset. So um, it's really helping me to see many things, not not that specifically, but that's just a good example for the current, you know, current position the world's in. But there's so many things where we do that. And I'll share a really quick part of the book, which is really interesting. They studied law students that were in in practice, I guess, being given cases to work on, et cetera, coming out of law school. And um, they showed that the people that showed the traits of soldier mindset that are deemed to become the best lawyers because they were so good at arguing their case were actually the people that failed on most of their cases mm. because they weren't able to see objective truth and they weren't prepared for the mm. other um, the other part or the defendant or vice versa's arguments because they were so wrapped up in what they believed to be true. So they weren't even ready and weren't prepared and then they ended up losing most of their cases. So I thought it was a really interesting valuable. story. And I, I mean, this whole podcast mm. is around bringing empower people on the show and and it's funny i would say that the majority of people that i you know have brought on and 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 what we what we scout for (laughs) are i guess people with that scout mindset because that's i think that that's that's empower like that's where you can empower other people you know it's not dictate it's not this it's empower other people to open up their minds to to then also become elite domino themselves of empowerment i love that thank you for sharing so rapid thrivers, when you think of someone who inspires you, who comes to first, who comes to mind first and why? I will say in my life, it has to be my wife, Nikki. Tell us. And why. yeah. And because I have never had the, I've never been in the presence of somebody that's taught me to a love and care for other people so much and and also give me the environment to be able to accept that back. That's so beautiful. Nikki, Nikki, where are you? She, <laughs> I was sitting on the couch. We love Nikki. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I actually really, really love that. Yeah. What is a daily activity that helps you with your thrive? Um, oh, one activity. I got to say, getting up and moving okay yeah getting up early and moving so it's either uh, it's either a work workout or walking the dog but get up move and typically i've got a podcast on or an audio book on at the same time because i like to stack those habits early in the day uh, and tick off some things that set me off on the right path love that you're my that's my that's my that's that, my shirt that's not my this <laughs> yeah. is my 4 10 a.m shirt uh what's a book that helps has helped you with your thrive. You just gave us a good book, which I probably, I'm going to yeah. put in reference, but something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Atomic Habits, James Clear, probably my favorite yes. book of all time. Yeah. Amazing book. Everyone's yeah. got to read that one. Love that one. Yeah. What is an app that helps you with your thrive? Uh, the Knock Academy. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that okay. is also it's really good. doesn't help me. helps everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it does. It helps helps me helps me with my uh, helps me with my vision. I have I have my own app on my phone, so when I open my phone up, it's always there, and I remind myself, um, you know, what I need to get done that day and make sure that's successful. So that's a side sidebar. What's my other app? Wow, um, I'm gonna say probably my calendar app. Mm, so you live by um, your calendar? Yeah, yeah. Big scheduler, mm. big about you know, kind of workflows, knowing where I've got time to do what. Uh, book my workouts in there. You know, I've got all my sessions scheduled in there. I have, you know, obviously podcasts, to, two podcasts to host. So without that calendar, I think I would be, quite frankly, a bit of a mess. Uh, so that's definitely, definitely one like of my that. major things. Yeah. And uh, what is a misconception that people have of you, Gareth, as they see you? doing your thing on your walk, working out, you know, looking the way you look, you know, talking the way you talk. What is the misconception? 
the misconception I would say, in my opinion, and maybe maybe people can can share what they think um, if they're listening, but is that I don't I don't get it because of you know and I don't get it, and I mean that from a fitness standpoint because of the way I look mm. and well, you just look like that, so it's easy for you. Um, I would say it's probably the biggest misconception because trust me. If I don't, if I stop working out and paying attention to how I eat, I don't look like this in three months mm. <laughs> at all. Um, so you know, it's a it's a it's a twenty year, twenty plus year process to be to be in good a good health, mm-hmm. and that's not just physical shape and what I look like, but that's part of the parcel. But you know, just my overall health and my mindset, and you know, we talked about action taking and go getting, and that's all linked to it. If you look after your health, like it, it, it means you get up at five a.m. and you don't miss a beat, and you're doing things that are making you productive, and you're taking action, and that's all geared to putting the right food in your mouth, moving, you know, consuming the right things, all those things that mm-hmm. you know. And I'm talking, you know, the the people we consume, the media we consume, mm-hmm. and everything else is all part of that feeding that overall health. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm actually so happy. Um, I'm happy that we've had this conversation again. I think this is, you know, just for everybody. I mean, I can't tell you, I can't share with you what the previous <laughs> episode is, but this is, this was a richer, like, I, I, there's nothing better. Life is continuously evolving. There's nothing better than when you see someone who you, wow, really easy. I, I feel that evolution since I last met. And and just before I ask my ra- final wrap-up, I do want to share something with the guests. I remember last time we were talking, and there was a specific question that I'd asked Gareth. And it just it gave me shivers. I remember I think I actually maybe told you it gave me goosebumps because I was really excited because what I got from him was he was on this threshold. You know, after that, it was just he was on this threshold of the next thing in his life is about to just release. There's this feeling that, I think all of us have probably felt as something where something you just know something's going to happen. There's this way you're vibrating in 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 energy in this world, and I and I and it sometimes it can be very scary, and I and I, that's what that was the conversation was around that, and I said to him, "What are some of the things that you have to do in order to be able to prepare yourself for that next step?" And you, I think you had said is that you know, you had to release control in certain areas. And so I know you shared a, a testimony because I think I challenged you <laughs> and would love, you know, love you just explain, like even just explain what that was and how did it feel to actually relinquish control? Because as humans, whoosh. yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll share, I'll, I'll share the story, but first I'll share that it feels like happiness is the best way I can describe it. That's what it feels when like. When it's gone or yeah. when you're... Yeah. Okay. yeah. When I've when I've done what needs yeah, to be okay. done. Um, and I had this conversation with you and Ketchy as well as a couple of other people, some other podcast guests, because it always seems to come around to someone's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you some questions now, even when I'm hosting. Um, and I got back to the same thing a few times. And I realized after, you know, the influence of yourself and a few other people that, you know, I'd spoken to and influential people that really impacted me was that I had to make a big decision on something. And and what I'd shared basically was that I'd had some things that were eating away at me and it was basically to summarize, it was working in the evening and that's outside of podcasting, but is was working past Tuesday. So my daughter finished school at two forty five, and my thing was, I, I never wanted to have to wrap up my stuff at two thirty so I could walk and pick her up. And this was all part of my why that I spoke about earlier, right? I wanted to build a business where, at two thirty, I could be done, and I can get her from school, and I can be the best dad possible, and be with her, and spend quality time with her. So, and then I was going back to coach in the evenings, and then Nikki wasn't really enjoying doing it, and we weren't really getting. We were getting probably a third of participation that we were getting in all the other sessions that we run, and we have like twenty sessions a week that are live online. So it was a small percentage of them, and I was hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. And what I shared with you is, is one thing that was holding me back a little bit. So I made the decision about two weeks ago to just stop. And I was like, you know what? If some people don't like it, then so be it. I can't please everybody. And you know what? We're building a platform where, and I'm like, we're talking to busy parents that want to move more and feel great. I'm like, busy parents aren't working out between six yeah. and eight because they're putting the kids <laughs> to bed and they're eating. I'm like, so who are we serving? I'm like, we don't want to do it. They're not coming. So why are we doing it? And then literally it was at a point where we were sitting there on the couch like two weeks ago and he was like, open your laptop, 
I mean, we have a software provider. Open up the software tab. Go in there. Shut it down. Cancel them. Wow. Off the schedule right now. And I'm like, like right now. She's like, yeah, just do it right now. Take them off from next week. I'm like, but it's like two days now. She's like, I don't care. Take them off. I'm like, all right. So it was, it was partly her decision and my decision. But business side, we're busy co yeah. co-founders. So, you know, it's a 50-50 decision there. But um, yeah, it, we didn't want to do it. And like, so why are we wasting our time? And, and like I said, it just, it feels like happiness. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like at 5.30, we're like having dinner. I'm like, oh, you know what else I'm doing today? Oh yeah, nothing. <laughs> and I get to spend more time with my why. I love that. Or I come and spend time with you. Yeah, either or, either or, you know. I love that. Thank you for accommodating <laughs> me in that window. Now I know why you have it available. <laughs> Where do we find you online? Oh, you can find me probably the best place to find me uh, at the Knock Academy on social media all over the place. Uh, and you know, knockacademy.com and it's knock N O C K. So just not like knock, knock on the door um, without the K at the beginning. Um, so yeah, and you'll find everything like all of our social tabs, the podcast, you know, what we do at the knock Academy is all on the website. And like you said, if you find social media, you'll find us, I'll be on there. I don't know, chatting on, you know, Instagram stories and what have you, where I typically am, but yeah, all over the place. That's the best place to connect with me and Nikki and the, the podcast uh, for the business is called knock knock. Who's there. I, thought, I love I that, that one. That's personally, great. very funny. <laughs> That's so it's great. probably my biggest, biggest, uh, biggest achievement of the year. I would say the name of that podcast. <laughs> that was great. Um, so yeah, you can find us there if you want to come listen to, to what we're chatting about. And Nikki's, uh, Nikki's quite fun as well. So you'll hear her hosting on there with me as well. Which so, is yeah. why it's knock knock, by the way, just in case yeah. nobody figured that out. <laughs> And so as a final question, um, so sad to end this conversation, but, you know, what does it mean to you to be empowered in my skin? Oh, what does it mean to be empowered in my skin? To be empowered in my skin to me means understanding the impact you can have on the world when you get rid of all of the noise. So the ego, the self-confidence, the body image issues, all that stuff. And this is me talking, but I'm sure it resonates with a lot of people. Get rid of all that stuff, all that noise that's not important and know where you're making an impact and making a difference and changing the world. That's being empowered in the skin. Woo! Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Gareth, you're awesome. I thank you for saying yes again and again. And I am so grateful for you. And if you missed, if you haven't, check out the November podcast interview that we did with him and Funk and and Donovan. It was just, it was was actually a really popular podcast. And a lot of, a men's group actually texted me and said that they, somebody found it, put it into their WhatsApp chat. And so you're just, you're changing the world one human at a time. And so thank you for being great. Thank you everyone for listening. It has been amazing hanging with you, but Sally, this is where I have to say we're out. Bye-bye. So there you have it. I trust you're saying to yourself, I'm fully empowered in my skin. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you feel can benefit from the empowering content that we deliver. As Tom Billia says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been fun hanging with you. It's your girl and I'm out.